news on media. This is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. In this episode, you're going to hear from singer-songwriter and musician Lucy Spragan, who told me she'd never really been in the closet. When I was in, I believe, year one or reception, it was Valentine's Day and I wanted to send a card to my best friend Ella. Mm-hmm. And my mum was like, well, I'm, like she felt like I'm going to have to ask her mum because, you know, it was like in the 90s, you know, it's like a little bit... A bit different. Oh, you told your mum about it then? Yeah. Well, I was I was called Max until I was about ten. Why? Um, I was I was a little boy. I had shaved head, wore box shorts. Really? Yeah, I was just Max. My family called me Max. Everyone at school called me Max. I have a picture of me. I was quite a cute little boy. That's me as as Max. Let's have a look. Wow. Yeah, you do look like a little boy. Yeah, I was ba- I literally. I was just, you know, wow. that's, that's what I, that's what I was. And that's... my mum was amazing with it. Like, did she not try and force you to wear skirts? Because my mother no. did. Because I was also a bit similar, actually. So I used to go to a school where we didn't have school uniforms. So I'd wear shorts and t-shirts every day. And my mum would try and make Tuesday skirt day, and she tried and force me to get in a skirt, and I was traumatized. Oh no! So your mum didn't do any of that. No, no, and I, I never wanted to. Well, she, she, my mum's just amazing with stuff like that. She's. Mm. She's been taking us to Pride since we were babies, so... Really? Yeah. Her best friend... She wanted gay babies. Oh, she did. <laughs> she, it's quite funny. One of her other friends just said to her, who has three kids as well, how did you do it, Anstey? How did you do it? And she said, well, do what? She's like, how did you have a gay one? I've, I, I've tried. <laughs> I've got three and not one of them's gay. My mum thinks she's part of a club. <laughs> but with So with this um, Valentine's letter, she asked Ella's mum, and uh, Ella's mum said, how dare you? How dare you ask me that? My mum was like freaking out. She said, whoa, whoa. And she said, how dare you even think that Lucy's not allowed, well, Max is not allowed to send a card to Ellen that you've got to ask me first. She was just completely like, how, right. how dare you even say? So it was fine? Yeah, absolutely. So how old were you at this stage then? Like five. About five. So you asked your mother's permission to send a girl <laughs> a Valentine's card. I don't card. think I've ever asked permission for anything in my life, but I think my mum was a bit like, oh, I don't know how this how this is, but my mum's super super liberal. Mm. So did Ella like her Valentine's card? Yeah, I was. I everybody around me knew that I was gay for for forever. My grandparents, my granddad found out I was gay on Google. <laughs> That's one way of doing she, it. You know, he's eighty next week, and you know what he said? Like, you know, I said, "What, what do you think about that?" He's like, "Well, there's tw- so like twelve or." maybe 13 grandchildren he said there's bound to be one of you and we've done the maths actually that is a great way and like he is so sound you know when people use being old as an excuse to be homophobic Mm -hmm. i'm like well my granddad's 80 and he's like his favorite person in the world is my wife so like (laughs) but did you never think of coming out to him you just left him to google it because i I guess it was out in the public sphere anyway i just have always been out like Mm. i've never been in my mum is a writer She's got a book coming out in January. Oh, Anyone? dude, give it, feel free to give it a plug. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, she did an article in The Guardian when I was about 15 on having a gay kid. It's, ah. on, it's online. It's a really good article. But she kind of outed me before, you know, I've always been out. There was so, never like a... Was there ever a conversation then with your yeah. mum? Yeah. Well, I had, a, I had a, I said, I, I came home from school and I was like, I really hate so-and-so. No, it wasn't home from school because my mum and my stepdad were 
Well, in lying in their bed, it was the morning. I walked in just before school, and I walked in. I said, "I hate so and so." I said, "Why?" And I just replied by saying, "My girlfriend's well prettier than her, anyway." <laughs> and just left. How old were you then? Like fourteen or fifteen. Oh, okay. And my mum remembers it as a totally different story. Oh. She remembers me walking down the driveway, going, "I'm gay, I'm gay." Did you remember this yourself? I have no recollection of that at all. <laughs> so, but, but but in your head, the first time you actually said it was was when I said I had a girlfriend. Being pissed off and going, my girlfriend's prettier than her. Yeah, love it. And like me coming out in my house was like saying I was going to go and buy a pint of milk mm. because my mum's mum's best friend growing up is was trans. Her mm. other best friend. Uh, had AIDS and he he's gay. He's like she's been living in the LGBT sort of world mm. since before I was even here. So the way she is is the way I will raise my children and the way you know a lot of people should be so, reacting to their kids. Unlike a lot of LGBT people, it sounds like you didn't really have that anxiety going, oh my goodness me. You know, for some people, the, the stakes are quite high and they think, Absolutely. I can't come out to my family because I risk losing them. But you I, never even thought that, I guess. I never, and this is something I am so thankful for. Like, mm. I have loads of identity issues and personality issues, but mm. one of the, not one of them is, is a fear of what I am to my family. And you know what, if... If I wasn't married to my wife, if I was still single, I think a lot of people are worried about this too. If I was ever like, oh, I've fallen in love with a bloke or I've fallen in love with a non-binary person or whatever, mm. I could go back to my family and, and introduce them to them with absolutely no prejudice. Yeah. And it's, I have to say, my family are completely unconventional bunch of weirdos, but for one thing, we are like the most accepting bunch. That sounds great. So, wow. just going back to when you were 14 then, and yeah. you obviously had a girlfriend by then, so that's quite quite quick work, Lucy so, Spraggan. They, they used to call me late at school, right? They Well, they used to call me, I used to go out with a lot of straight girls, and they would say, I'm late, so they would say, I'm straight, but I fancy Lucy. That's a true story. <laughs> I'm late, I'm straight, but I fancy Lucy. Oh, I think we all did it, like, you know, trying to drag people into our... That's hilarious. So, but it sounds like you didn't have any issues at school then either, and you were obviously dating people openly. Yeah, I moved to Buxton. It's like a very small town in Derbyshire when I was 11. I kind of had the city mentality because I, I I'm from Canterbury originally. Mm. And to me, like, I was just who I was. Uh, I had one, one girl called Katie call me a, a dyke, and she spat in my face at school, and I punched her so hard I knocked her out. Wow. And I don't condone that sort of thing, but it really, really worked for me at school. Did you get in trouble? Yeah, I got in trouble, but I, no one ever gave me shit again. I know that's like, she spat in my face, to be fair. To be <laughs> fair, I think I'd be quite angry. And I punched her. I was quite like, I was quite a big kid. And I just before coming to school, I think I was like year seven, year eight, before coming to school... I dyed my hair red for some ridiculous reason, and so it went very gingery. And mm. they called me rusty, and like I hated it. It was a bit like you know people knew that it pissed me off, and they would rile me up quite a bit. There was a lot of pent up anger, and when she did that, I was just like, I'm not having that. Well, I didn't even think about it; it just happened. But then after that, I'm not to say people were scared of me, but people were definitely aware that I was not up for being bullied anymore. So that was it. Good for you in a way. Like I you say, I, don't, I wouldn't condone violence. I wouldn't violence. condone punching someone in the face because you can kill them. Like you could, you could make, you know, in that instance, there's so many mistakes that could happen. But for me, then in that small town, 
you know, I was out in, you know, 2007, is that? And then you never had any other instances of homophobia or bullying or anything? No. But I didn't really, no, experience any of that. My family called me Captain Fair because um, if something bad was happening at school, I used to go and sort of, like, defend defend the rights of the... Good for you! ..of the rest of the, like, non-conformist bunch. Mm, so it sounds like you have been out forever, really. Yeah. But is it different being out when you're you know you're internationally known aren't you really so you've got a public face was there any part of you that thought you know i want to get into the record industry notoriously not great for homosexuals perhaps in the past Mm. was there any part of you that thought oh maybe i should just keep quiet about being gay um well i was obviously my mum did that article when i was 15 in the guardian so when i went on the x factor it was already you know what i didn't have a you know when they'd be like so and so is a homosexual in the papers it's (laughs) like you know they they come out and you're like oh really i couldn't tell (laughs) so there wasn't ever that but there have been times since where i've thought but you were out on the x factor yeah yeah Yeah, i've just been out like Mm. there was never a revelation it was just there but there have been times since where I've been like, I am definitely pigeonholed by a lot of people and mm. it has had negative connotations. Do you think, what, being an out lesbian performer? Yeah, yeah, I do. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, still a lot of like stereotyping that goes on and kind of like you can be a bit thrown away. You lose, a, you lose, I mean, I'm not a sexy person, but you lose Lucy, any Lucy, don't put yourself down. <laughs> You lose any like sex appeal sort of vibe. Do you know what I mean? If Do you? To to the to the men that run the industry, I mm. think. Funnily enough, when I got with my wife, who is sexy, she's very a sexy person. You know, Lucy, you're both sexy. <laughs> I'm 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 an I'm a nice person. <laughs> I like to think and I've never confident. had to tell anyone during a coming out story podcast that they're sexy, but it's, I feel like I should tell you. But you know what I mean? There are certain yeah. people who have certain... She, yeah. My wife, she gets things in life because she she knows it, because she's beautiful. And, like, as soon as I got with her and we were sort of public with our relationship, so much more stuff started coming back in. Oh. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I think it's because there is, like, a sexual element to what it is that that we have. Do you know what I mean? Uh, well, interesting enough, when I spoke to Heather Pease about her coming out story, she said, because obviously she's in the music industry and she acts as well, but she said, when she wouldn't say what production it was, but she was in a, she was filming for some TV show and the producer said to her, you're here as the male totty, you're not going to be out, you're not going to talk about being gay in any press interviews. Wow. Imagine if that happened now. It's, it's outrageous, isn't it? <sighs> Although it does happen now and people don't say anything. You know, there are, there are singers out there Big singers mm-hmm. that are lesbians. Yes, I know exactly who you're probably referring to. And like, well, there's plenty, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them because I see it. I I do see it, and it's really hard to explain without. I don't know. It's hard to explain. So there's been some negative connotations, but for yeah. you, you 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 know, you're a singer songwriter. You write from the heart, and you're putting your heart on your sleeve, and you're putting it out there. You couldn't do that and be disingenuous oh, no. and be in the closet, could well, my, you? My songs are, uh, like, neutral, so they're, like, gender neutral. They're, oh, okay. they're never he or she unless they're mm. a story about mm-hmm. someone. So, like, they're they or them or whatever. Mm. So they always have been since I first started writing when I was, like, 12. The songs could apply to anybody, but I wouldn't ever not speak about what they're about. That's what I do. Like, I'd say this song is about my wife. Matter of fact, this next album, 
I've been trying really hard for every song not to be about my wife. Aww. And it basically is. But you keep going on about how sexy she is, so she you probably is do want to write. She's sexy. She is. <laughs> Anyone that's seen her will tell you that. Oh, brilliant. So this year, well, in the last couple of years, you've become a foster carer. Yeah. So you kind of moved on in your life a bit and you're thinking about young people and nurturing young people now. So if you had a young person come to you and come out, how, how would um, you react or treat it or deal with the young person now, do you think? Well, funny you say that because we've had a young person who was talking about people, you know, they were on Snapchat and talking about young people in school and just said, oh, she goes out with her and she goes out with her sometimes and she's bi and mm. she's... A... And I was like, G was like, what? This is so different. It's so different. And that kid was 13. Wow. And the the whole dynamic has changed in schools. People like us don't have an opportunity to be in, you know, see what school is like now. Mm. And this kid was just saying, you know, they do this, they do that. It's different. It's so different. But what would you say to young people listening that may, that may be really struggling and they don't have the family that yeah. you had and they're really worried about coming out? Would you have First any advice? All, I would apologise that the people in their life are just so close-minded and, like, mm. I do... I feel, like, a definitely a, a feeling of guilt for having a family that was so accepting because it's really shit to hear people's bad stories. It's mm. shit. But it is also a positive story because that's how we will be with our children in the future because you know we've heard all these stories and mm. things like this open the book for people to see and change the future so i would say to them i promise you and this is the cliche it mm-hmm. does get better it yeah. gets better with age because with age you choose your new family and then from then i i honestly feel like the later part of life your late 20s like this is where it started for me you know mm. you get to build what you want you can. Once you get out of that hole, it will get so much better and it's just getting through that. That's the hard bit. You're right. I can absolutely say 100% hand on heart, you are right, Lucy Spragan, and that's part of the reason for doing this podcast because I want people to realise that. I've spoken to people who have gone through horrendous things and they have lost their family for years and years and years, but it always comes all right in the end. Yes. It does. I but totally believe it. And I have a friend, I have this exactly what, what we're saying, I have a friend whose family have absolutely nothing to do with them. The, the couple have a baby now, still nothing to do with them, but their their family is incredible. And it's I look at it with awe. Mm. Their arrangement that they've got is just beautiful. And, like, you do, you get older and you, you realise, you know, fa- your friends are your family that you choose, like, and to have a network around you, it will come. It will come, I promise you. Yeah, I've said this a few times, but I'm going to say it again. So Armistead Morpin's phrasing is brilliant, I think. So he says... LGBT people quite often don't have their biological family. They have a logical family. Yes. I love that. It's cool, isn't it? It's great. Thank you, Armistead Morpin. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, Lucy Spragan. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to Lucy, who took time out of her schedule to come and talk to me. It was fabulous chatting to her. Please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'd also love to hear from you on Twitter. You can find us there at Come Out Stories. I'm Emma Goldswell. And Coming Out Stories is a What Goes On media production. Next time on Coming Out Stories, we're off to New York City to speak to Apollonia Cruz, also known as the Queen of the Bronx. He was hoping I'd die. He said that? He, he dedicated a song to me, a Spanish song about a father that talks about his son 
and then at the end of the song, the son dies. So he dedicated that song to me. My mother didn't tell me that until I was older. If she would have told me that when I was younger, there was going to be a situation with me and my father.